Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. In the first half, uh, my interview, we're going to focus on something that's affecting 15% of our population today, and that's depression. And it happens at some point in life. And we're talking to a provider of mental health services, Susan J. Noonan. She's an MD and PMH. She's also familiar with depression's emotional and physical toll as a sufferer. In Take Control of Depression, which is her book, Take Control of Your Depression, Strategies to Help You Feel Better Now, Dr. Noonan draws on her professional expertise, extensive research, and personal experience to provide a down-to-earth, empowering guide to managing symptoms of this disorder of the mind and body and try to help us to avert its devastating force. So... I want to share a little bit more about Dr. Noonan and tell you a little bit more about her. She is a certified peer specialist in the Department of Psychiatry at McLean Hospital, as well as a consultant on depression to the Massachusetts General Hospital and Cleganosis. She holds a Doctor of Medicine degree from Tufts University and a Master's of Public Health with a concentration in quality of care from Harvard. She's also the author of When Someone You Know Has Depression, words to say, and things to do. And she brings her personal experience with managing a mood disorder to work with patients and mental health professionals. Welcome, Dr. Susan Noonan. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me today. Right. All right. Let's talk about what are some of the symptoms of depression and bipolar disorder. And are they the same thing? Is bipolar the same thing as depression? It's not the same thing, but they are closely related. They're like cousins. Together, they're called the mood disorders. Depression is characterized by the low moods, um, the downs. Bipolar disorder involves the down moods, symptoms of bipolar depression, that alternate with symptoms of elevated highs and agitation, called bipolar mania or hypomania. Now, bipolar depression and major depression are very similar and involve symptoms that last two weeks or longer, including having any five of the following things, such as being sad, depressed, or irritable, losing interest or pleasure in activities that you usually like, changes in your sleep, either too much, too little, or interrupted sleep. Unintentional weight loss or gain. Loss of energy, where you're just too tired to get off the couch or out of bed. Trouble thinking and concentrating or focusing so that you can't read a newspaper article or even watch a sitcom on TV. Mm. Feeling physically restless or physically slowed down. Feeling worthless, hopeless, or guilty. And lastly, thinking of death or suicide. Mm-hmm. When you have bipolar mania, the highs um, involve feeling really, really active with a decreased need for sleep and racing thoughts, feeling, being really distractible, 
more talkative than usual and engaging in high-risk behaviors like um, excessive shopping or gambling or excessive sexual behaviors. So um, the two are a little bit different, but they are related, and the treatment is different for both of those. Mm-hmm. Is this something that is genetic or is this something that's environmental or both? It's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. We found that there are some genes that make somebody predisposed to having either depression or bipolar disorder. But genes alone do not guarantee that you will have the illness. You need a genetic predisposition and then a major stressor in your environment such as um, a major loss, right. a change in jobs, mm-hmm. moving to a new home, the birth of a baby. So it can be positive or, or negative event in your life. And the combination of that in somebody who's vulnerable, um, like the perfect storm, then would lead you to an episode of depression. Hmm. I see. So it, it is a combination of both. Yes, it is. Uh, so I, I, I guess my question is, and I, you know, this whole thing about handling depression differently. So what's the difference between someone who goes through a big loss? It could be a financial loss. It could be relationship. It could be health. They go through a big loss and they get down. For a period of time, but what's the difference between that and somebody who has depression? Is it that that person can pick themselves back up? Is that the difference? Well, that person may not be genetically predisposed to develop um, depression. However, life is full of ups and downs and stressors for all of us. Right. Most of the time, we can manage them on our own, sometimes with the help of some friends or family members. But sometimes that downtime and that stress leads to last two weeks or longer or starts to interfere with our life and our ability to function at work or school or socially. And then that's a different situation. Then it's time to pay attention and get professional help. Ideally, with a mental health specialist who's trained, but um, a primary care physician can also be very helpful. You know, this has happened for me and and other people as well, of course, but when I've had a tough period in my life, I mean, I'll feel it and I'll feel a lot of pain and anguish, but most of the time I'm able to function, you know, do my things and I'll still feel it. I mean, it's there. Mm -hmm. And it's scary and it's frightening and it, it, it sometimes, you know, I feel like, you know, will I make it? And then, and then I, I move on and I keep moving in the right direction. So what would you call that? Is that coping with a tough time? That sounds like it is. You're, you are able to cope with that, particularly if it's, if it's lasting under two or three weeks and you're able to... Um, bound back um, on your own with the various coping mechanisms that you use. Now, um, it could be a mild episode of depression if it's something that lasts longer and you're able to treat yourself with the adequate coping skills that you have. 
However, mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to say, you know, obviously without seeing you at the time, but um, people do experience some very, very down times, and that's not necessarily depression. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it feels really bad at the time and you feel um, lost sometimes, depression is really when um, it, it persists. It lasts for a longer than expected length of time, Mm -hmm. and it interferes with your ability to function. And the Mm -hmm. coping mechanisms that you have been used to using throughout your life are just not working. I see. They're just not available to you. Yeah. I think Um, that what you just said. It's overwhelming. The whole picture together, both mind and body, is just overwhelming to you. So your resources are not... um, I'm yeah. not effective at that moment. Yeah, I think that's the key is what you just said. I mean, that makes sense to me, is that when you have coping mechanisms and they're not working anymore, that's mm-hmm. when there's, that's like a warning sign. That is, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, what about men and women? Do they handle depression differently? Is there a difference in how they handle it and it, treat it? Well, we used to ex- just, um, assume that men and women um, were the same and that women just experienced depression more frequently. However, researchers are beginning to think that um, perhaps men just experienced it in a different way. And now we're beginning to think that women experience depression in the more traditional way by being sad and tearful with loss of pleasure Mm -hmm. and interest in trouble with sleep and appetite and fatigue, things like that. Whereas, in contrast, some or many men who have depression experience irritability and agitation with angry outbursts and they get into arguments or maybe punch a wall. Um, they become workaholics. More aggressive. In, more aggressive. Substance mm-hmm. abuse. High-risk-taking mm-hmm. behaviors. They mm-hmm. gamble. They drink. They uh, drive really fast, get into excessive sexual behaviors, and have suicidal thoughts or attempts. So that's a little different picture. Mm -hmm. Um, The treatment, however, the basic fundamentals of the treatment for the two are the same. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, um, we have a couple minutes before break, depression really threatening your sense of identity and self-worth. So how do we, you know, how do we help or define our inner healthy self? Well, um, I have some suggestions with an easy exercise to do that. It's really important because it allows us to gather our lifelong coping resources that get you through the tough times. So one way to do it is to identify the accomplishments, the skills, the positive Mm -hmm. attributes that you've had all along in life and try and keep them available to you in your mind in a little elevator speech that you give to yourself just to remind you of who you are. You are not your depression. Depression does not define you. But in the midst of it, it's really easy to feel lost and have difficulty remembering just what you were like before the episode began. It seems mm-hmm. like depression is all there is. And um, it's important to try not to let that happen. 
to stay connected to who you are, to your baseline self. So in my book, I do have a uh, description of a very nice, easy-to-do exercise that helps you do that. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break on that note. And again, uh, let's talk about the title of your book and how people can find it, and then we'll come right back. Okay. So the title of your book is Take Control of Your Depression. I'm sorry. Take Control of Your Depression, uh, Strategies to Help You Feel Better Now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, online or in the bookstores at various bookstores throughout the country, on the Johns Hopkins University Press website, um, or through my own website um, with links to those sites, SusanNoonanMD.com. All right. And when we come back, we're going to talk about health maintenance basics that you can practice in order to maintain a balanced, healthy life, uh, how you can use technology and social media to help you deal with depression, and just, you know, uh, more about how we can cope, how we can cope, and also the upcoming holiday season and how that sometimes triggers depression and because we're not always around people that we, who we want to be around. So we'll talk about mm. all of that with Dr. Susan Noonan right after the break, right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. 
Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest is Susan J. Noonan, and she is talking about her brand new book, which is so, so needed. She's an MD, Master's in Public Health. She's the author of Take Control of Your Depression, Strategies to Help You Feel Better Now. She's a certified peer consultant in the Department of Psychiatry at McLean Hospital, and she's also a consultant on depression at Mass General Hospital. So welcome back, Susan. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about health maintenance basics. What can you do to maintain balanced health? And we have a lot in our culture right now in our country. A lot's going on. There's a lot of depression, a lot of people very sad and fearful. But what are some health basics? Well, there are some things that you can do on your own, alone or in addition to treatment, to formal treatment, that can help you help yourself. Um, they can help you decrease your vulner- vulnerability to changes in your mood, preserve your emotional balance, and boost your resilience. These things, which we call the basics of mental health, include um, getting a regular pattern of sound sleep seven days a week, not trying to catch mm-hmm. up on the weekends, having a healthy, nutritious diet, balanced diet, getting daily physical exercise, having a structure and routine to your day because empty hours of endless alone time are just not healthy for anybody. And avoiding isolation by keeping up with your regular friends and family and social contacts. You need to take your medications if and as they're prescribed. Avoid street drugs and alcohol and excessive caffeine. And all of these things put together do make a difference. I find in my own life, I'll tell you, one of the things that has helped me the most is the exercise. I do swim aerobics, and it's, it's like a magic pill. I mean, it's un- mm. it, does, it just does every. I mean, when I leave, even if I am down and upset, my mood is different. My body feels great. It's, um, I guess, in a way, it's sort of an addiction, which is a good one to have. If you have to have an addiction, that's a good one, it, it, as long as you don't go yeah. crazy with it. You know, but Ex- I mean, exercise, right. exercise does a lot of good things for your brain, actually. So yes, absolutely. It's a good yes. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and, of course, with neuroplasticity in our brain, our brain can, right, the, the neurons can still grow and we can have new pathways and create new pathways. And that helps yes, with that as well. Yes, that's a new concept. So yeah. we found that exercise can help promote that. So let me ask you, because technology is so huge. I mean, for people today, most of us really need to learn it in some form or another because it's everywhere, even on our phone. So how can technology and social media help us deal with depression? There's a few things that can help us. Um, There are a few apps or applications that could be useful. The most familiar ones are the fitness apps that we can use for exercise, as we were just talking about, to monitor our aerobic and strength training activities, and that will help decrease the symptoms of depression. There are also apps for our nutrition needs to keep our brains well-nourished. There are several new computer-based programs that offer monitoring, education, and some remote psychotherapy that's similar to a Skype session, and that's for depression and bipolar disorder. And um, 
there's some self-monitoring on a mobile phone app that might help a person stick better with their treatment using reminder prompts, monitoring um, uh, information and tips. And in addition, the Internet has some social media sites with blogs and chat rooms that provide a sense of online peer support. Now, there's a lot of different apps out there, and it's kind of hard to determine which ones are the good ones, which ones are useful for you versus somebody else. So there is one site called cyberguide.org, P-S-Y-B-E-R, guide. And that is like a rating um, uh, um, place that rates the different um, apps and as far as its usefulness and what they do. And it's a way for a person to help determine which ones you might like to try and which ones have the features that you might be interested in. So that's a place to start. Look on CyberGuide, see which ones you might like to use, and then go forward that way. And those would be apps for you to put on your phone or no? Apps on your phone or on, or on your computer if it's a, if it's a, if it's a longer uh, program. And it could be um, a guided meditation, for example? Yes. What might it be? Yes. Mm-hmm. It could be a guided meditation. It could be um, um, a program to help you monitor your symptoms, to give you tips, um, tips on, um, you know, uh, reminders on what to do um, to help with your whatever particular symptom. You could plug in what your symptoms are, and then it could give you tips and educa- educational tips and prompts throughout the day uh, related to those symptoms. Um, It could give you tips on nutrition basics. Um, It could give you um, little um, um, reminders um, throughout Mm. the day. Terrific. um, Oh, it's time for lunch or, you know, get off the couch, go for a walk around the block. That's true. Tell us the name of it again, please. Cyberguide. P-S-Y-B-E-R. Guide.org. Wonderful. So helpful. Now, you know, you say this in your book and it's in your bio that you have had your own experience, your own personal experience with a mood disorder. Yeah. How does that how does that affect the way you treat patients and what have you learned from it? How has it helped you? Well, um, it helps me relate better to others who are going through the same or similar things. Mm-hmm. I can be more empathetic and understanding of their personal and family and work or social issues and challenges, and things that we all face. It's not just that I've been there. I am there. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my depression became began as a teenager, but I did not receive professional treatment until I was 45. Because that wow. just wasn't done, at least not in my family. It just wasn't done. And when I first began treatment, at least for the first few years, I was just unable to speak of my illness to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was quiet about it. I, was, I went to groups um, for group therapy, but I just sat there in silence. And it took me a very long time to gradually open up. Um, but now I'm on the radio, so 
mm. I guess that's turned around. You know, it's it's so interesting, Susan, because, you know, I'm in the gym a lot and people will talk all the time about their physical ailments. Oh, I just had surgery. Oh, my hip. Oh, my knee. Oh, this or that. And they tell you the, you know, the details. But they won't talk about mental illness. They won't say, you know, I was really depressed today. Or, gee, you know, I really had to take a medication. They'll tell you about the meds they take for the physical mm. ailment, but not for the emotional. Talk about that. Yeah, they're really afraid of stigma, of being yes. judged negatively by somebody or being perceived as weak or um, not as cool or as um, um, strong as the next person by um, being labeled with a negative stereotype or image. And that's really unfair because depression is a biologic illness just like any other illness. And, um, you know, to be in fear of being judged negatively is an additional burden to carry um, on top of having to deal with the illness itself. Speaking of that, speaking of the stigma, should you disclose your depression, your depression or your mood disorder to someone at work, to your supervisor or manager or owner of the business? And if you should, how do you do it? That's a great question because I think um, it really, the answer is really it depends. It depends on who you're disclosing it to. I would be very cautious in who you speak to, um, speak with. Um, I would not just say it to a very casual coworker mm-hmm. or casually mention it right now, just because you don't know where that information is going to. Okay. And as far as your supervisor, uh, your boss, your person you report to, um, the amount of information to disclose to that person, um, you need to use a little discretion there. All right. Um, it depends if you're, if you're um, working in a position where you're responsible for other people. If you're right. a bus driver or you're working in high construction mm-hmm. or you're a health care provider in, you know, right. in a daycare center or something, then you really need to tell them. And you tell them that you have a biologically based illness that could impact your functioning and needs treatment for you to continue to do well in your job, mm-hmm. but you keep it very simple. You mm-hmm. don't give too much personal detail and you speak right. in very plain plain terms. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, we've, all, sorry, we've just ahead. got a couple minutes left, so I want to okay. close with this. The holidays are coming upon us, and, yes. you know, it's difficult for many, even those who don't suffer from mental health issues. We've only got two minutes, but how? what would be your advice to navigate relationships with family and friends during this festive time of year when you feel depressed? To think about where you are with your depression, what you can realistically do for yourself now, for yourself and your family and do what you can do. Try not to um, engage in excessive expectations and realize that um, not every family member is going to be understanding of what your illness is about. And there are some people where you just might need to keep a little distance as far as, or change the conversation um, but not take it personally. Um, because right. you may not be able to um, um, convince them or change their, their opinion about what you're going through. Right. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was, it was really um, 
Very inspiring and enlightening and important. Thank you so much, Dr. Susan Noonan. And again, uh, to get your book, um, the book is, again, tell us that we, I mean, I can tell you the name of it, but you can share uh, it also. Take control and how of your depression. It. Take control of your depression. Um, it's available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and the bookstores, various bookstores around the country. And through my website, SusanNoonanMD.com, where you can also write in to me with comments or questions. Okay. Thanks so much, Dr. Noonan. Thanks, Susan, for being Thank on the program. Thank you for having me. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, that wraps up this half, this first edition. We'll be back with another program. Just in a minute. Don't go anywhere. We have our next interview next, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin with Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.